This is episode number 106 of Patrick Jones Baseball. On this episode, we have Don Slott. Don is a 16-year MLB veteran, and he is the former hitting coach for the Detroit Tigers. Don also runs a video analysis company called Right View Pro. And in this episode, we talk about um, his own career. Um, he was over a 300 hitter his last eight years of his career versus being under uh, 270 his first eight years. So we talk about some of the changes he made, um, why he kind of got um, started studying mechanics and and how he, if he could go back in time, some of the things that he would have changed um, as a player and as a coach himself. Um, we also we get into some examples that from uh, from players that he's coached and and kind of his own routines and drills that he would do and he would see other players do as well. So, um, pretty cool episode. Uh, I met Don at uh, when I attended On Base U out in Phoenix um, over a month ago, and he's he's a great guy. So appreciate him coming on. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blast Motion. Blast Motion. You've heard me talk about it. It's the best product um, bat sensor that's out on the market right now, and I believe it's you know for cost effective, cost affordable, it's the best you know product you could probably buy. Um, there's so many you know benefits to it from just a competition standpoint. Um, throughout the team, uh, you can you can track your bat speed, you can track how long you're on playing with the pitch, time to contact, whether you're swinging down and up through attack angle. Head on over to BlastMotion.com and type in code PJB25 for $25 off. And without further ado, here is Don Slot. All right, and we are now live with Don Slot. Don is the founder of the video analysis company Right View Pro and is the former big league hitting coach for the Detroit Tigers. Don, thanks for coming on today. Oh, my pleasure. So you played a very long time in the big leagues, 16 years in the big leagues. Uh, your first eight years, you were an under, you hit under 270, and your last eight years, you hit over 300. What were some of the changes that you you made over the end of your career? Well, there were several changes. Um, basically, I hit really well in college. I, I won batting titles, set school records for batting average. Went to Alaska, won a batting title up there. Um, and then when I got into the pros, nothing really felt perfect. And so that that became my kind of quest: is how do I recapture? And um, I didn't get a whole lot of instruction from, from coaches. I got it more from talking to other players, um, three, three players in particular, uh, Lou Pinella. Uh, Lou Pinella was a guy that said, hey, take your nose to the ball, go get the ball. Uh, that seemed to really help me that year. The next year it was Bill Buckner who says, you know, getting ready to hit. In other words, getting in that position that allows you to adjust all the speeds and locations. And I asked him, this gosh, this is probably in 86, 7, something like that. And he basically just picked up a bat and said, you know, this position. And so when I got to Pittsburgh, um, I started collecting photos of hitters when they got down to the good toe-touch position or ready position, ready to swing the bat. Uh, basically like the backswing in a golf, when you're ready to uh, swing the arms. And all these old sequence shots of all the great players, we started to notice a lot of things were in common. Um, and so that's kind of how all this started. And it was looking at those pictures and then looking at myself next to those pictures. 
So when you before that point, were you just always a hitter who who didn't really think about your mechanics at all? Well, I had I had a lot of bad information in my swing when I got to the major leagues. They were telling us to look way, adjust in, uh, stay back. Um, two of the worst things you can probably do as a hitter. Uh, and so I kind of squeaked along and, and got by. I had a really bad year in uh, I believe it was '87, and I said, "Doggone it! I gotta learn more about hitting." And that's how this all started. Now, why would um, look away adjust in? Why why would that be a bad kind of approach? Well, basically, if if if, if you're going to the outside part of the plate, there's no good way to adjust your arms back in. The elbows go on either side of your body, uh, but uh, we're built so that we can start from the inside and release the uh, angles in our elbows and arms and our wrist and bat uh, to adjust to the outside pitch. Uh, and like 1989, he said, I was struggling, we were out there for early batting practice, and he says, Don, just hit an inside fastball, line drive up the middle, or a ground ball to the second base. And I said, what do you mean? I played for eight years in the major leagues, and they say if they throw a fastball inside, you're supposed to pull it. But then if they throw something off speed, you're supposed to hit it to the opposite field. And he says, just do it. And he showed me how. And that was, that was probably the biggest thing that turned my career around. Wow. So would that be, was that something that you started to incorporate, like every day in batting practice, is taking that inside pitch to the second baseman? Exactly. In fact, made all my hitters in Detroit. That's how we started the batting practice. Our first round of batting practice was hitting the ball the other way. Once you can do that, then we're going to work on, you know, pulling the ball and, and doing a little more damage. But, and so uh, that's you know, Don Manley. You know, Don Manley was on. It says, "Hey, Don, look at Tony Glenn. Look at Wade Boggs. Look at Kirby Puckett. Look at how it's fast. It goes the opposite way. If it's slow, that's the only balls that you'll see Wade Boggs or Tony Gwynn pull." Hmm, you know, guys that hit 360. That's interesting. And so I incorporated that approach up to the plate. In fact, my last eight years in the major leagues, I never looked to hit an inside fastball for a home run to left field because I could do everything right, and I didn't have enough power to get it out of the. So when you're trying to ball, hit that, so hit that, going. when you're trying to hit that ground ball to to second base or wherever. Ah. Um, are you trying to? You're still trying to drive it hard. Like you're not kind of pushing it that way. Oh no, you're not pushing it. You are swinging the bat. You're trying to be in a position where you can hit it on a sweet spot of the bat, and the bat goes down, you know, down the line of the pitch. And uh, when Donnie showed me that I could do it in a 25 years, like Julio Franco, that's what they did. You throw it inside. They're going to hit fastball. They're going to hit it back up the middle, of the right side. And if you throw it slow, they're going to do some damage and catch it out front. Hmm. What do you think about? Um, I I kind of I I've started kind of looking at this more uh, a lot more recently, just just based off of actually like going out and and listening to you speak at at on base you and and things and Dr. Rose as well as is using uh, pitching machines on the field instead of uh, batting practice, like I'm sure you did back when you played. Well, I I would use the batting cage, you know, when I was in practice, you know, that would be like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know, right before the game, we're, we're just taking batting practice, getting that uh, smooth feeling and confidence to go into the game. So, yeah, I used uh, pitching machines. I used, you know, what we call 
a high speed drill where you know where it's on the ball forty feet and you know you and you just slowly walk up towards closer to the pitcher so that uh to the point where you're you stop making good decisions um those were things that I used to try to do was that just you or was that i every every hitter on on the team as well no no that was just me it was me there early way before you know game time or practice or infield or anything like that um that's when I did my work uh, or practice work. Did all of your teammates have a little bit different routine or was there a routine that was just completely, you know, maybe weird to you at the time? Um, I think everybody has a different routine. I, I was an overworker, uh, an overthinker, um, where there were other guys that just, you know, they hardly ever took extra batting practice. So they just, you know, the game was their practice. Um, I was always trying to get that perfect feel. Um, you came out with a, uh, a video analysis co- co- or, um, program called Right View Pro. Um, why did you decide to kind of go about doing this? Well, when I retired, I retired in 1997. Uh, I moved back to where I grew up, and my high school coach basically said, hey, practice starts Wednesday. I had, at that point, I had no intention of coaching, but I showed up, fell in love with it, uh, coached there with him until he retired for about three years. Uh, we were getting better, but it wasn't what I could do with the information that we had. So I said, there's got to be a better way to help coaches communicate to players. So I built the very first video analysis system uh, using Major League models. Uh, I had to go to the Players Association and Major League Baseball uh, to get that license. Uh, but they thought it was a great idea because, uh, gosh, when I started coaching, 80% of the kids were quitting at the age of 13. Um, and that's we had a lot of bad information out on ESPN and CDs and stuff that were being sold. And all my kids were squishing the bug and doing a one, two, three swing. And so I called the Players Association and they said, I said, we've got to get rid of this information because all my high school kids, even my little league kids are doing it now. And it's wrong. And so... Um, that was the start of it. They they saw the need for taking video analysis. Getting, in fact, I was the very first person ever to see four major leaguers or four all stars all shot at high speed at exact angles from all four angles. Um, and it just made it so much easier for me to communicate with my players. Here's where you are. Here's where I want you. Look at all these guys doing this, and you're not. Yeah, and I think that's what I like about it the most is is you can compare yourself to I mean, I don't even know how many big leaguers are on the program, but it's it's a lot. And it's not just them from just the side angle like you see a lot. It, you know, you'll have you'll see Alex Rodriguez from the side, you'll see him from the catcher's view from, you know, in front. You know, there's so many different angles. It's it's really really cool to to see. Well, we try to get all four 90 degree angles cuz you know, if, if we're looking at the back heel or when does the weight come out of the back heel, things like that, it's great from the back heel. From the catcher's view, we're looking to see if they lose any spacing or they get, they move closer to the plate as they swing, which is a huge power loss. We look at uh, bat paths from the side. We look at um, how well the the speed of the gears are adding together, um, you know, from the from the open side. But, uh, yeah, we're, there's lots of different things that you look at from different positions. Did anything surprise you when you were taking all these um, videos of these players? I was surprised at how, despite how they their stance, the biggest thing was 
how they all looked the same at toe touch when they were ready to swing. They might start with high hands. They might start with their hands back. They might start with weight on their back foot or more weight on the front foot. But when they're actually ready to swing their arms, they, they look almost identical, virtually identical. Have you ever gone back and looked and compared yourself to um, some of these players on your um, on your program? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, there were some very simple things that I could have that I could have done that would have made life a lot easier for me at the plate. Um, essentially, I was all twisted up and I had very steep shoulders. My front shoulder was down, which meant that I had extra moves that I'd have to make before I can swing my arms and catch the ball out front. Um, can't believe that I played for 16 years and no hitting coach said, hey, you know, if you just raise your front shoulder up a little bit, get a little more level, it'll make it a lot easier for you to swing that bat. If I had this, if I had this system back then, you know, back when I was, you know, I got better as I got older because I threw out bad information and I changed my approach up at the plate. But uh, if I had the information that, uh, you know, I gathered over the last 17 years, I think I would have been a pretty good player. So over 16 years, did you did you ever have a hitting coach who, who you think, looking back, knew what he was really teaching? Well, Milt May and I are the ones that started to collect the photographs in the in – the, this is with Pittsburgh. We started to collect the sequence shots of Stan Musial and Ted Williams and Ryan Sandberg and Barry Bonds. And then we started getting you know, the current players. We'd have our photographer go out and uh, get at a 90-degree angle, a perfect angle for us to shoot uh, sequence shots. And then we'd put them in manila envelopes. So by the end, we had a stack of like 60 manila envelopes of sequence shots of some of the greatest hitters of all time. Babe Ruth was in there. Wow. In fact, that's, that's how I got my license with Major League Baseball. It was literally we were on a conference call, and, uh, you know, I'm saying, guy, all these guys look the same at toe touch. And, you know, from that point on, there is an efficient way that our bodies can adjust to speeds and locations. And they said, well, what are you going to do with guys like Ichiro and Vladimir? Well, I said, well, let's pull them up. So I pull up, uh, pull up Ichiro, and I start scrolling across to get to Vladimir, and they saw Mantle's name in there. And they said, no, 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 put up Mickey Mantle. Put up Mickey next to Ichiro. And they were almost identical. It's been on my website for 17 years now. There's a sequence shot of, <coughs> of Ichiro next to uh, Mickey Mantle. That's so cool. Two total... Two totally different hitters, but they uh, adjust to speeds and locations the same way. If when you were the hitting coach for the Detroit Tigers, um, mm-hmm. what if you could go back? Would there be anything that you would kind of implement and do differently now? Oh, definitely, definitely. If, if um, I have so much more that I could offer even back then, uh, especially on the mental side, uh, getting my hitters up there free to. to uh, react to the pitches rather than going up with conscious thoughts about um, positions or movements of their swing. Uh, it's really difficult to do a complicated task with conscious thought. You know, it'd be like thinking of hammering a nail and thinking, okay, release the elbow, now release the wrist, and now, you know, release the head of the hammer into the nail. Um, just doesn't work. You look at the nail and you swing. And that's what we're trying, we try to get our hitters to do. Uh, just got more drills and things that I could have implemented in that way. Yeah. So how how does that work? Since you're if you're when you're a hitting coach in the big leagues, um, is it something where every day you're talking to each guy to kind of go over 
how they're feeling that day, or just kind of take me through what it's really like? Well, usually it's the guys that are uh, like myself that are there early, gosh, even at 1 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7.30 game. Uh, each guy has his own routine to get ready for the game. Uh, some guys took very little practice. All they wanted to do is do a little soft toss, hit off a tee, something like that. You know, get the confidence in the batting cage to take out on the field. But uh, the, the biggest thing that I learned was from Greg Rose. Uh, when I was adjusting people's swing, it was it was based on what I saw. Not I didn't even I didn't know there were physical issues that would prevent a player from making uh, a certain move. Uh, and that's what our our seminars about with On Base University is to give us a physical screen to see if our players are even capable of making the moves that we're asking them to do. Um, the very first time that happened to me was Carlos Quentin. The White Sox had sent Carlos out to me, and we sat down and we started working um, on getting his elbow to lead back in his hip, like skipping a rock with his top hand uh, or throwing sidearm. And physically, he could not do it. And so that was the first time I said, gosh, we got to find somebody that can free up your shoulder or stretch it or do something so that way you can whip the bat through the strike zone rather than push with your top hand through the strike zone. Gosh, took him to a guy named Marcus Elliott. Uh, they worked on it all in the off season. He played another five years. What would um, what would some of the players' routine? What what was their routine like during during the season? Were you in charge of that, or was that just on their own? Oh, yes. Uh, well, if they needed extra work, they'd come down and see me. Like I said, early in the afternoon, uh, we do soft toss. We had the high speed tennis ball machine. Uh, that well, was what would you do with the tennis ball machine? It's a it's a tennis ball machine that shoots the ball at about 100 miles an hour. The numbers on it, um, so you're you're trying to see what the number was. Sometimes you were trying to bunt it, um, but it was uh, it started with Edgar Martinez up in Seattle. He used to do that before we went up went up to the plate. Is he'd watch pitches at 120 miles an hour and then go up to the plate and everything felt slower to him. Uh, I did a little study with that company, and every time Ivan used it, uh, he hit better. Uh, Brandon Inge used to use it. Um, there was probably only three or four players that used it, but when they did use it, they improved. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't see that at all these days. I'm sure they're still out there, um, but uh, I don't know if the company's still around. I see you had a you had a Hall of Famer on your roster, um, and. Yvonne Rodriguez, uh, Pudge, when he played, what was what was his like routine like um, during the season? Well, with him, the whole key was getting him freed up to swing the bat. Uh, he had had a couple of off years for him. I mean, he was a perennial 300 hitter uh, with decent power and, of course, a great catcher. Uh, with him, when Jim asked me to come coach, he uh, he basically said, "Can you get these guys to walk more and strike out less?" And everybody had been telling Ivan, oh, you've got to walk more. You only had 12 walks in a whole season last year. And what was happening is he was so conscious of making sure it's a strike, he wasn't uh, capable of, of hitting the ball the way he normally does. And I told Jim, yeah, I can get him to walk more and strike out less, but I'm not. you're not going to like the way I do it. And the way I did it was to free him up. I told him to go up to that plate and swing at everything you think you can reach and pray that you can stop if the ball falls out of the strike zone. This freed up his mind that, you know, he's not going to get in trouble if he swings at one over his head or one in the dirt. 
because he's always hit balls just off the plate, and he's always hit 330. So uh, just freeing up his mind to react and, and do the things that he'd done for the last 15 years. You uh, you coached under Jim Leland there, one of the great managers. What separated him as a manager and a leader um, versus kind of everyone else in the league? He was just brutally honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> And everybody appreciated it. Um, and he had humor. He, he did everything that he could uh, to make it. Um, I remember a guy named Gary Barshell. Gar- Gary Barshell was kind of a triple-A major leaguer, triple-A major leaguer coming up and down. And one day uh, he came up and they took, gave Bobby Benilla a day off. They put him in right field. And he struck out three. And, you know, all the rest of us, the whole team was wondering, gosh, is he going to get sent down again? And, we're all out there stretching, and Jim Leland walks out and says, Hey, Marshall. He says, Do you wear glasses? He says, No, I wear contacts. Well, he says, The next time you play, make sure you put them in. And it just, everybody <laughs> just busted up laughing. Uh, and so it told him, Hey, I'm not sending you down. You had a bad game. And you're going to play, and it freed everybody up. Yeah, that that is that is interesting. I'm always I'm always kind of interested to learn on how you know some of the great managers get everyone to play together, just especially handling all the egos and everything. Um, switching directions um, and kind of going to a different sport um, into softball. Now, I know you've done some things in softball, and there's a lot of people out there who believe that the softball swing is, is different from the baseball well, swing. Um, What's your take on the differences in the softball swing versus the baseball swing? Uh, virtually nothing, um, except strength. Um, and, but the way we adjust to speeds and locations uh, is exactly the same. Um, even though, you know, in Ted Williams' book, he talked about, well, you know, in baseball, the pitch is always swung down uh, or thrown down at a downward angle towards home plate. And so you want to have a slight uppercut to, to make contact. Well, we need a slight uppercut to adjust uh, to the height in the strike zone, even in softball. Adjustment. We want to swing the bat underneath the hands. Uh, similar to a golf swing, but as you go higher, the bat gets more level, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I'm just, like I said, I was just interested. I know you've uh, you've worked with more players of both, and I'm kind of... Um, I know you you actually told a story about when you were actually when we were out on base about how uh I, I forget what coach it was but said that the, you know the softball swing is completely different and you brought the co- coach <laughs> over to your house and and you guys watched video together. Yes, it was Sue Inquist from UCLA. Um they weren't allowing me to coach the the uh little league softball um because they thought the swings were different. And so I said, well, I'm going to call UCLA coach and have them call the president and say hey the swings are the same and when i did talk to her she goes oh no don they're totally different and then i told her about my software how i can take her olympians and her all americans and put them right next to barry bonds and bobby Bonilla and uh, frank thomas and all those guys and show you that they are all the same and she goes all right i'll be at your house tomorrow morning at 9 a.m she came to the house uh she stayed until about 6 o'clock at night, missed practice. Um, the first thing she said to me, she goes, Don, all my girls are doing what you you said they do despite what I teach them. And so over the next month, Sue Inquist said, 
we're changing how we're going to coach at UCLA uh, or coach hitting, and we're going to blow the competition away. Well, she won the next two national championships. She got up on stage in front of thousands of coaches and said, I've been teaching wrong for 10 years, and this is what you got to use. Um, and I'm telling you, there was just a thousand coaches around my little 10 by 10 booth. You know, I had never sold anything to softball because I was a major league baseball product. All of my models were major leaguers. Uh, that changed after this, but we started getting, you know, the professional softball players in there. We got the best college players, softball players in there into the software. So you can compare softball against softball and baseball against baseball, or what most, uh, college coaches do is they compare their hitters against major leaguers. Um, and compare how they make the adjustments to speeds and locations. So it kind of changed everything in softball. Uh, I think we've won, I don't know, something like that. What are, you, what are your plans for the future in baseball or softball or just in general in terms of um, just sports? Well, right now, you know, I run my video analysis company. Um, most of the major colleges, both in Division One, Division II, uh, have our software. We have a lot of high schools. Um, we have systems that, you know, put in remote control cameras in the stadium so that you can literally capture every pitch from four angles and put it, uh, associate or marry that with the data. Um, so you could go into the, into the software and say, all right, show me every curveball we swung at that dirt or show me every missed call by the umpire and it'll pull up those videos from all four angles. Um, so I, I'll continue to run that. Uh, Greg and I started on Base University, which is basically giving coaches and um, physical therapists and chiropractors and strength coaches uh, two new tools to evaluate hitters. Uh, one is a physical screen. Can the player actually make the moves that we want him to make? Um, that's one of our philosophies is that we don't. We think there's a million ways to hit, but there is an efficient way that any individual can hit based on uh, the movements that he can make. That's the first uh, tool that we give you is a way to just simply screen your player in four minutes and figure out if he can make the moves that you're asking him to do. Otherwise, you'll get a real frustrating lesson from the coach. If the coach is saying, do this, and the player physically can't, it's a very frustrating lesson. Uh, the second tool is looking at the kinematic sequence. Um, it's coming. It's the, the 3D motion analysis systems out there are getting cheaper and cheaper and more affordable, and more people have them, so you can actually go and look to see if you're, uh, look at the speeders and how well they're working together. Um, so those are the two tools that we're working on in level one with OnBase University. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I met you at, at level one, and, um, it was a great event. I would highly recommend it to, to anybody else out there. Um, and I really, I really think what you guys are doing are, is awesome. And I like how it's, you're, you're kind of, you know, everyone's working together, kind of like, you know, the, the phrase that, you know, Dr. Rose used was the pit crew and how, you know, yeah. the, you want it like, it's not just, you know, you tr you're not one person trying to do everything, the strength conditioning, the PT and the coaching, but it's everyone working together. Correct, and, and the guy, the coach, the hitting coach, is the driver of the car. The car is, is, the, is the player. He's the race car, and as a coach, you're the one that's supposed to get in there and drive it and steer it and look at the dials, the, look at the physical dial, the mental dial, um, you know, his strength. 
you know, all those different things the coach has got to be aware of uh, if he's going to do an effective lesson. All right. Well, thanks, Don. I really appreciate you uh, you coming on today and, and keep changing the game and really love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it.